Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today's Mother's Day, and our text is taken from Psalm 127, verse 3, which says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Mothers have such a great privilege to not only bear their children, but also to raise them up in the care of the Lord, but also to raise them up following the Lord. What a great responsibility moms have. Mothers have one of the greatest blessings in that they have the privilege of, of bearing children. And because of that, they have a special bond with their children and they have great influence over their children and they have great spiritual influence over their children. And so I just pray today that moms will cherish their children and, and cherish their husbands. And I pray that they'll be a tremendous example in the family. I know a godly woman, a godly mother, can make a tremendous influence and can be a great help, particularly in times of need. Sometimes when we see our family. Never glory to his name, glory to his name, glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never. This is Mission Moments, brought to you this week by Dennis Campbell, standing in for Dr. Albrecht. Last week, we heard about what Mission Go is doing in and around the Ukraine and making an impact for Jesus on the front lines. Our listeners are praying and thinking of them. Today, Melissa is back. She's the Director of Communications and been in constant contact with our people on the ground at front lines, coordinating the Ukrainian effort. Melissa, please summarize for those who may have not heard last week what Mission Go is doing right now in Ukraine. Thank you, Dennis. Absolutely. Mission Go has over 10 ministry partners and two missionary couples who are bringing relief to the Ukrainians. We are right now on the ground in Ukraine, Romania, Poland, and Moldova. Mission Go has implemented the Ukrainian Aid and Crisis Fund, and we are sending funds directly to these individuals to make an impact and share the love of Jesus Christ with the Ukrainian people. If you would, tell us more about the work of our Ukrainian pastors and missionaries. I'd love to. 
We have pastors using churches and schools to take in Ukrainian evacuees and get them rested, cleaned up, and fed. At least 100 people are coming through a day. We care for them, counsel them, and show them the love of Christ in their distress. Many are in shock and utterly exhausted. Remember, most everyone coming over the border has been separated from their husbands, fathers, uncles, etc. As conscription age for these men are between 18 and 60, meaning they have to stay back in the Ukraine and fight. The need for trauma counselors is overwhelming. Christian Ukrainian teams are permitted by Poland to cross the border to gather food and blankets to then return to the Ukraine as supplies keep getting lower and lower. Mobile teams are being sent out with gasoline from Poland to help vehicles that are running out of fuel and trying to leave. They are entering apartments of the disabled in the war zones, rescuing them and transporting them to the border. One of our missionaries literally told me a few days ago that he arranged logistics to rescue a man from his home who had back surgery and could not physically move. He is now out of the Ukraine. Our missionary who is working with them shared, even in this traumatic situation, the church is radiating as a vibrant, bright, warm light. It must be so difficult for people on the ground and ministering. It sure is. However, it's important to keep in mind that many of the families who have stayed did not get caught or stuck in the Ukraine, but made a conscious decision to stay and minister. One of our Mission Go missionaries working with them said, God has raised these men and women up who are believers for such a time as this, ones who don't fear for their lives because they know Jesus, believers to do ministry, stand in line, get bread and medicine. This is happening all over the country, and we are so grateful to have your help in this situation. How can our listeners get involved in helping the work that is happening right now on the front lines? Well, first, your prayers will help the Ukrainian pastors as they work fiercely on the ground to minister to fellow Ukrainians. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. Ephesians said we are to pray at all times with prayer and supplications, to keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. First John says that we can have confidence if we ask anything in accordance to God's will, that the Lord will hear us. I encourage you to pray the Lord's Prayer over the Ukrainians before our Holy Father, Please ask him for God's will to be accomplished, that he provides daily provision for them and delivers them from temptation and evil. Second, we are able to send funds to these pastors and missionaries in Ukraine and neighboring countries helping Ukrainian refugees. By the grace of God, Mission Go has already sent thousands of dollars to aid our ministry partners. However, those funds have already been dispersed and the need only continues to grow hourly. If the Lord lays it on your heart to give financially, please visit www.missiongo.org backslash Ukraine or send a check to our office and write in the subject line, Ukrainian Aid. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to call our office toll-free at 866-483-5787. Thank you, Melissa. Next week, we'll hear more about our missionaries and what they're doing to help the refugees in Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. 
as you're aware, this is a listener-supported program, and we cannot continue to be on the air without the support of our faithful listeners and those who pray for us often. This month, we're offering a wonderful booklet entitled Prayer. I've uh, read a lot of books on prayer over my lifetime, and this pamphlet, I believe, is the best thing that I've seen on the subject. It covers so many different things. It covers the idea of the basics of how to pray, but more than that, it talks about does God hear all our prayers? Why is prayer important? What about unanswered prayers? What about when God says no? There are three things we need to know before we pray is that God cares for us, that God hears our prayers, and that you can pray with confidence. And I think this pamphlet will help you pray in confidence. I found myself as I was reading through this booklet because it has over a hundred prayer references. I was praying constantly because there were areas of my life that I've not been praying for or with or to. And uh, it really encouraged me to pray in a much broader spectrum than I have in the past. And I highly recommend this to you. Please write into our broadcast with the request to get the booklet on prayer. To order your copy, please write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. I'm sure you'll be happy if you write in to get this booklet. It'll be a great blessing to you. Love me ere I knew him and all 
Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco, and it's a tribute to mothers. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we celebrate Mother's Day and honor those who sacrifice so much time and effort on behalf of others. We are especially grateful for godly mothers who not only know and follow the Lord, but who also strive to bring their families to the Lord as well. Someone has written the words entitled, My Mother and I dedicate it to all mothers today. Who fed me from her gentle breast and hushed me in her arms to rest and on my cheek sweet kisses pressed? My mother. When sleep forsook my open eye, who was it sang sweet lullaby and rocked me that I should not cry? My mother. Who taught my infant lips to pray, to love God's holy word and day? and walk in wisdom's pleasant way, my mother. And can I ever cease to be affectionate and kind to thee, who wast so very kind to me, my mother? These are certainly appropriate words for godly mothers. Sadly, not all mothers are godly and caring. So if you have had or have a godly mother, thank God today for that. Or if you're trying to be uh, a godly mother. May you be encouraged and may God bless you this day. Now I'd like to turn to God's Word, the Bible, and to the book of Psalms again, <clears throat> for they are so full of encouragement and teaching, not only to mothers, but to fathers and grandparents and to all of us today. In Psalm 107, the Holy Spirit moves the writer to record in a very unique way important Bible truths concerning redemption. Redemption is another word for salvation. Psalm 107 speaks of redemption, for it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north, and from the south. So these words then first apply to Israel, the ones who were gathered by the Lord. But since Scripture says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, we know then that Old Testament Scriptures were also written for us. We can see in God's dealing with Israel principles that can be applied to the lives of believers. In this psalm, there is a unique emphasis by way of metaphorical illustration. The psalm is divided into four main sections and closed by a plea or prayer of the psalmist in the words, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. These words then divide the psalm into parts, and they're found in verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. God wanted Israel to appreciate their redemption. 
How much more, then, should we as believers appreciate the redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us then turn to the psalm. In verse 4 it says, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Here then, a picture is drawn of those lost in a desert, wandering aimlessly. Their food is gone. They have no water. They have tried to find the right way, only to draw nearer and nearer to death. What a picture of lost Israel. What a picture of lost mankind. The scripture says the sinner is separated from God. And he stumbles or wanders through a spiritual desert, lost, and finding no end. No real inner peace, no meaningful purpose in life. Every effort only leads closer to death. There may be some who are listening today who feel that way, that they are lost and wandering in a wilderness. Take courage. There is one who can save you from all your sins and failures, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will do what the people in the psalm did, verse 6, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them and led them forth by the right way. If you will come to the Lord Jesus, receive him as Savior, you will find that he can guide you and lead you in the right way, making your life a blessing to yourself and to others. What a happy ending. When God saves a sinner, it's like a person wandering in a desert without hope and doomed. But in answer to prayer, finds deliverance. He is rescued, given water and food, taken to the right way and to a city of habitation. Every believer knows something of these words, for he has wandered in the wasteland of sin and rebellion. There was soul hunger and thirst that couldn't be satisfied in the world. Only by coming to Christ and yielding to him did we find the water of life and the bread of life. The psalmist urges that men would praise God for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Should we as believers not be moved to praise God wonderfully? For he found us in a wasteland and saved us from such a terrible death. Redemption means the wanderer has been found and delivered and given rest. What a timely reminder. We can so easily forget how desperate our situation was before we found deliverance in Christ. Then the second metaphor used to illustrate redemption is of a prisoner, verse 10, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Here is a picture of Israel enslaved in Egypt. They lived in spiritual darkness and bondage, until God delivered them under Moses. Every believer knows something of the darkness of the prison house of sin and the chains of bondage that old sinful habits and sinful thoughts and actions can bring. We could not free ourselves from them. Like a prisoner condemned to death, we and Israel cried out to the Lord and he redeemed us. Redemption is here pictured as setting free of a prisoner facing execution. 
he has been condemned and is entirely without hope. Then, crying out to God, God answers. The jailer comes, turns the key in the lock, the gates of iron open, and he is set free. Verse 14 says, God brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, break their bonds asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you feel like a prisoner today? Are, those, are there things in your life that you cannot break away from? Then turn to the Lord and cry out to him as the people of the psalm did. You can feel the revitalization of God's forgiveness and the freedom from sin's demands that Christ alone can bring. The third metaphor used is of a sick person, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. God is reminding Israel here that before he redeemed or saved them, they were like a dying person. And we too, as sinners, can understand this. Because of our foolish ways, we chose sin. And the spiritual consequences of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says. We may be physically strong, but God sees us spiritually as a dying person, and nothing we or others can do could save us. Titus says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. We cannot save ourselves spiritually, and this is a hard lesson for man to learn, for he is proud and very self-sufficient. But we will never find spiritual forgiveness in life until we humble ourselves and call upon God as the people in the psalm did. Thankfully, no matter how sin-sick we may be, when we call upon the Lord, he will hear us and save us. Believers need to remember that we were like the foolish sick person spiritually before we called upon the Lord. We have no right to look down on others. We were just as helpless as those around us are. All we can do is praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The fourth metaphor is of sailors in a storm. Verse 23, they that go down to the sea in ships, they see the works of the Lord, for he raiseth the stormy wind, he liveth, lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted in them because of trouble, and they are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. God says redemption is like a ship about to be smashed upon the rocks. All hope is lost. The crew realizing this cry out to God, and he intervenes, calming the storm, and the battered ship and crew 
find safety in a harbor. What relief the sailors feel. How thankful they are to land safe after enduring the perfect storm. Israel and believers need to remember that our redemption was not brought about by our own skill or works any more than the sailors caught in the storm. It was God's grace and goodness alone that brought deliverance. These four metaphors all show the absolute helplessness of Israel and of us as believers to find the right way. In the psalm it says the wanderer finds rest, and in Christ we find rest. The prisoner finds freedom, the sick person finds life, and sailors find safety. All of this we find in Christ. We cannot do anything of our own. It's only the grace of God that leads us to this. So we need to thank God today. The psalm leads us to find a new sense of gratitude for God's great mercy. How we need to praise God and thank him for the salvation that we enjoy. Then we need to live more humbly. In all of these cases, there was total helplessness evidence. Sometimes believers can get proud of redemption. As someone said, we can be proud of faith and proud of race and even proud of grace. But God says we were all helpless without his intervening grace. The psalm says also, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We as redeemed ones by the precious blood of Christ need not only to enjoy it, or to be thankful for it, but we need to share it, to joyfully and humbly let others around us know that God saved us in our helplessness and need, and he can do the same for them. So on this Mother's Day, may all of us be reminded that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, that the appropriate way to respond to God's grace and goodness is to live our lives with joyful thanksgiving and praise to God. We need to learn to call upon God in our trouble and to trust him to deliver us. Then we need to humbly share with others the joy of knowing the true God. May you on this Mother's Day be encouraged and may all of us be encouraged to praise God more and to serve him more. I trust that the message you just heard will be a great blessing to you this next week. We are so thankful for your continuing listening and uh, encouragement in this ministry. Here at Cannes National Bible Hour, we're always concerned about the spiritual well-being of the people that actually listen to our broadcasts. That he thought about me, he loved me, he died for me, he rose again on the third day. The scriptures are really clear. It tells us that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one of us who has committed even one sin in our life who can get into the presence of God. But the Lord Jesus Christ followed the will of the Father when he came to earth, lived a sinless life, died on a cross for your sins and for my sins. He paid a penalty that we could not pay. He took the hell that we deserve for our own sin and put it on his own body. He died and he rose on the third day. He's alive. And if we have a sincere prayer, if we really want to confess our sins and realize that he is the only Savior in the world, we can put our faith and trust in him by praying a prayer, asking him to come into our life. It will be different because God will be in your life 
and will help you through the difficulties that you face. Remember to order your copy of the booklet on prayer. Write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R787, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And you can hear past broadcasts on our website at www.missiongo.org, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O.org. You can also find us on MGO Radio online. It's a 24-hour service with Christian music and messages. May the Lord bless you this next week.